Welcome back, everyone, to an episode of Ambitious. This is a podcast where I am and talk to people who matter to me. We talk about business, photography, uh, let's see what else, entrepreneurship, education, motherhood sometimes, and just general ambitious topics. So today's episode is probably one of my most special episodes. The reason why is because I am interviewing my lovely, lovely wife, Damaris, who displays plenty, a, a plethora of ambitious attributes. And I wanted to kind of pick her brain, talk to her a little bit about some of those ambitious characteristics. Hey, Dam, do you want to say hi to the to the group? Hi. Oh, oh wow. Let me get adjusted. <laughs> Thanks so much for agreeing to be part of this podcast platform. It just feels like our regular podcast. Hey, don't be plugging our other podcast on my Sorry, podcast. Was, hey, you do that <laughs> on our regular podcast. I know. Sorry. So Damaris, her maiden name is Damaris Mancia. You took that away from me. She, yeah, sorry. Damaris Clough. She is Mexican. Born in Mexico, she lived there until she was five in Mexico City, and then her family moved up to the United States, to Santa Ana, California, where she lived for a few more years in elementary school. She learned English, and then moved to St. George, Utah, which is about an hour and a half north of Vegas, where she went to middle school, high school, college, and then moved on from there. So, Damaris's background as a Mexican-American Mexican. I'm not Mexican-American. Yes, you are. No. Yeah, you're an American now. You have American citizenship. Well, yeah, but that doesn't doesn't mean Mexican-American. Mexican-American will be our children. Oh, I see. Okay, so you're a Hundo P Mexican. Yeah. All right. I am a naturalized citizen okay that's what they say thank you for that correction (laughs) i it's much appreciated okay so i want to focus on some of your ambitions as far as your career because the difference with you something that well not the difference but something that stands out to me about you is how you're very academically and career driven woman that's something that stands out about you and your personality and your mindset, your character, your ambitiousness and ambition. There we go. <laughs> ambition <oddity. laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, so <laughs> let's let's get serious here and uh so t- give me a little bit more of a introduction to who you are as as a person. Anything that I missed? Um, I'm a creator. I think that's a big part of who I am. Um, I'm also an organizer, funny enough. I think that for being someone who is so creative or is in a creative field, I'm also very organized. Mm-hmm. Um, I can be both very analytical and creative, which I don't know if that's just how they say using both parts of my brain. Left brain and right brain. Left brain and right brain. Um, and yeah, I think I, I don't know if I would say the successes that I've had career wise 
were so much ambition as they were drive. I think I'm very driven when it comes to career things. Um, There's other things that I could be more driven in, like exercising (laughs) or doing things like that where other people are are a lot more driven. I think you're a good example of that. Um, Thanks. But I am am driven when it comes to what my goals were, what I wanted to achieve, and, and the steps that I've taken to get there. So talk to me about some of those steps. Let's let's go back to your childhood. Well, you said something right there that kind of makes me want to ask you to define. What's the difference in your opinion of somebody who's ambitious and somebody who's driven? Well, I think you can have ambition without actually being driven. Um, I think that you can, and I also kind of think that you can have drive without having ambition so what's the difference though um i I don't know in my mind someone who's ambitious wants a specific thing or they they want a specific outcome so it's a desire for something a desire for something right but when you have drive you know that's really what's getting you there it's what's propelling you forward okay um you know, I think that you can kind have of the fuel. To yeah, the you can have drive though mm. without having ambition because there's a lot of people that have a lot of drive, but if they don't channel that to the specific outcome they want, then that drive is it, so. Is motivation another word for drive? Yeah, maybe motivation. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I just wanted to understand better what you meant. So, going back to who you are. Well, you know, I guess I do have ambition. I just, sometimes I feel like ambition is defined as an aggressive thing. Oh. Or sometimes even a negative thing. Um, Like a dreamer, somebody with their head just in the clouds? No, 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 not even that. Uh, Just someone who will do anything to achieve their goal. Doesn't matter who they take down. Oh. Through the process. Maybe a hustler. Like a, well... No, <laughs> that's kind of how I think. I think, like, a, I think a hustler is a, is a different well, the, form the, of being driven. The kind of person you're explaining to me feels like a New York Stock Exchange finance hustler, like somebody who is just very aggressive, like a Wolf of Wall Street kind of a guy. Yeah, maybe. Uh huh. They're willing to do anything. Yeah. To get to their ambition, whether that be power, money, recognition, fame. It's a hunger for something yeah okay cool so now that we understand your definition of ambition versus drive versus motivation let's talk about your ambition and where when it started for you and then what drove you to achieve that and then where you see it going so that's kind of the timeline i want to go with so from what i understand about you your so you're a designer you're a graphic designer and that ambition came to uh, your brain, I guess, mm-hmm. when you were a senior in high school, when you took yearbook class? Yeah, I was involved in yearbook classes back when I was in middle school, actually. I started in middle school. I was approached, I think, by my English teacher. And he said, hey, I have the yearbook class. You're a bright student. Um, 
you're pretty creative. I'm wondering if you're interested in participating. Hmm. Um, and I was like, yeah, that's awesome. I would love to. And it was old school design where you took the pictures, you developed the film, and then you used to put, uh, you literally had a specific page that the yearbook company would send you, and then you would lay out the graphics on the paper. Okay. And then you would send it in, and then they would send you a proof back, a written proof, and then you would approve it. (laughs) And so that's kind of how you used to build your book. Um, and I, I did it ever since I was in eighth grade, and I did it all the way through my senior year of high school. What made you say yes to that teacher? Um, I don't know. I think I just was interested and curious, and I've always been creative. I remember I had books and things that I found looking through storage one time where I had designed this like clothing line. <laughs> so oh, I've, like, I've always... back in middle school? No, back when I was like, six years old oh so i've always had a a artistic artistic drive yeah Mm -hmm. so then i did that all through high school interest yeah i did it through high school and then when i got to my sophomore year it was on on the computer so it wasn't no more paper yeah proof um so i did it all throughout high school and i would have teams i would have like a team um, and then I would be over them. Oh, so you're the creative lead over the team of designers? <laughs> yeah, back then, yeah, I was the copy editor. Like, Which, spoiler alert, editor. you're a creative, are you, what are you now, creative lead? I'm a creative lead now, mm-hmm, yeah, but it's it's kind of the same, like a creative director. Do you ever miss those proofs? Like, do you ever get nostalgic for proofs and like developing and sending it in for... Uh, no, because I still do that now. I mean, I went oh. to one of the presses downtown. Oh, and you love that. Um, you love that last old school week. Stuff. Well, it's, it's not. It's not old school now. It's really high tech. But oh. um, I went to a press to do a proof on our packaging, and I um, I saw their their process and the printers and the color, and they actually have this technology where the printer is printing a big big uh, sheet and then they pull one of the sheets and they put it on this table and the table um, can read the ink Mm -hmm. and then there's a big screen on that table that tells you the levels of the ink and how consistent they are from page to page so like like the the amounts yeah it scans the page basically and it reads all of the ink so it's it's exact yeah Mm -hmm. So they'll pull a couple of sheets every so often to read the ink levels and make sure that they're consistent. Because like a printer will run out of ink, so that it's changes constantly the monitoring, color. Monitoring the mm-hmm. yeah, wow, pretty so. cool. <laughs> I bet the ink for those printers are expensive. Yeah, it's huge. <laughs> it's a huge press. So there's still like letter presses and things that are just modern. I, no, I really no, works. there are um, there are old presses like back in the day where you have a like levers and you push it with your um, with your foot and you're printing. Really? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I took a class at the University of Utah where it was a letter press class because that that's letter press right there. That frame oh, cool. that we have hanging up on the house and um, I love it. I actually really miss it. I have I actually even thought of looking up. Um, adult letterpress classes or something oh, cool. or some kind of a club that I could do. Mm, I want to talk to you more about that 
in a sec. Okay. But let's go back to high school. Okay. So high then school. you were a sophomore and you and you were a lead over these like how how big of a group did you have? Um I think our yearbook class was about 20, 25. So there was always um there was a head editor and then there would be other editors like the copy editor, photo editor mm-hmm. and I can't remember what the other editor was. So then we were in charge of specific things. So I was in charge of the whole copy all throughout the yearbook. And the yearbook is a pretty intense. I mean, it's it's a book. It's yeah probably like 100 pages. So I had to proof everything, sign everything. How'd that make you feel then? like being being the person in charge of that? Had you ever held like positions of authority or leadership, I guess, in high school or any time prior to that? Um. Yeah, I was involved in... in that religious seminary group that I was in. Oh yeah. So I, what was your <laughs> title again? <clears throat> seminary council is oh, what it yeah. was called. Yeah. So I have, I've always enjoyed a leadership roles. I think I've always excelled in them. I think my personality allows me to be a leader because I'm able to not only lead and and have drive but i'm also able to talk to people on teams and work together and Mm -hmm. um yeah and so did being mexican ever seem to hold you back from anything like that or did your personality just push through and see past all those things and just um it was a big factor in my drive because my parents sacrificed so much to get me to where I was and to have the opportunities that I had at that moment. And so it just pushed me to excel. So that's kind of a little bit of where your drive comes from. Oh yeah. That's a lot of where my drive comes from. Is it like to prove to anybody or just to show gratitude for what your parents did or what, it, what would you say? I think that it's is? to show gratitude, but also to know that I have a responsibility to improve my life. Um, and that responsibility wasn't taken lightly by my parents. Improve your life as, as opposed to like when you lived in Mexico? Uh, improve my life as opposed to what my parents were able to accomplish. I think as parents, there's always a hope that your kids can achieve more than what you've achieved mm. or that you've worked hard enough to be able to give your kids the opportunity to achieve more so is it sort of a something that the drive is it something that you just want to show to your parents that like look i did do better or it's part of it i don't think it's all of it i do think there's self-gratification in achieving your goals you're doing it for yourself yeah i mean it's something i enjoy i don't think i could be able to be creative or do the type of job that i have if i didn't enjoy it yeah for sure I don't think so either. I don't think that that would be sustainable right? to do something just to make somebody else happy or to prove to someone else that look what I can do kind of a thing. I think yeah. you have to be happy and doing it, be doing it for yourself in order for that to be sustainable. Right. Okay. So, and if any of that is inaccurate, feel free to like stop me and say, no, no, that's accurate. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we are what happens like your junior year? Do you do it? Did you do the same thing all through high school? Do you get like a high school promotion? <laughs> um, What's it look like? Yeah. So I started to, I was copy editor for two years. So I did that for my junior and my senior year. Okay. So, um, 
Yeah, uh, part of part of it was also throwing events. We had to throw a high school dance that the yearbook staff was in charge of. So I did that for two years. Cool. Um, and that was a big responsibility. We also were in charge of other things that I was involved in. So I was really exposed to leadership things. Um, I also did choir and other stuff. I, I did journalism. How do you feel you do in leadership positions? I think I do really well. I think I've been able to acquire a lot of skills and build on skills since I was young Mm -hmm. and be able to apply those today. How do you do in a position where you're not the leader or you feel maybe less than someone else? Um, I think one of the things that I always remember from college is one of my professors said, there's, there's always going to be people that are better than you. Mm-hmm. And there's always going to be people that are worse than you. So I think in positions when I'm not necessarily leading or quote unquote the best, I think um, I try to remind myself not to be intimidated by people that are more successful or have better ideas because ultimately I want to surround myself with people that are better than me so that I can learn and improve myself. So would you rather be, are you most comfortable as a follower, as an equal, or would you say as a leader? Which one of those three I think positions? I, I think definitely being a follower is a lot harder because naturally I want to lead and I want to take over. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think my ideas are all the best when it comes to a creative um, or just professional environment. I know that there are other people that have good experiences sometimes better than mine um but i think it's just about adjusting yourself i don't i don't know if i'm worse or better i don't know it seems like you're a natural born leader though that you prefer to be sort of in the lead yeah because i'm not afraid to lead i think that's one of the big things people now are afraid of when it comes to leading is Mm -hmm. the responsibility the work, the organization, and those are all things that don't really frighten me. I, I've i learned to manage stress a lot better in the past five years mm-hmm. than, than I ever have. So I think it takes courage to be a leader and that you have to overcome fears or, or insecurities as a leader, for sure. You have to mm-hmm. be confident. But I also think it takes a lot of courage and confidence to be a follower also yeah i think there's always moments where you're gonna be a follower or a leader it's kind of a you know it's a curve it's a scale Mm -hmm. sometimes you'll be a little more of a follower sometimes you'll be a little more of a leader so i think you have to have specific skills to be all of that yeah it can be hard to say yeah i mean i may not agree with this i may have a different idea or have a different I may think that this would look better doing it a different way, but I need to be a follower right now and and have the courage to set your ideas aside. I think that can be difficult. Yeah. So what happens after high school? So after high school, I went to our local community college and I my mindset then was, okay, now I have to find a real job or a real in college. career path. 
yeah, that I should follow. So I was always interested in using my Spanish in a positive way, and I still am today. Um, but back then, I considered doing social work. How is your Spanish? How is my Spanish? Perfect. Let's hear some of your Spanish. No, I want to hear some Spanish. Say, I'm a graphic designer. No. And I love to lead others Don't, in Spanish. No. Say it. No. Just, your Spanish is perfect. Let's hear it. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, That's then. my Spanish. No. None of us believe you. Okay. That's fine. I don't need you to believe me. Okay. <laughs> um, <clears throat> what was the question? So you're in, in college, you're at a community college, and your mindset was, I need to find a real job. I need to be serious. Yeah, so I was Before, interested sorry, in... Sorry, not to interrupt, but did you ever have like a, an, a desire to try anything else or to explore any other field? Like you're, you did yearbook in high school, you said you did journalism and choir, but when you got to college, did you have any desire to maybe branch out of design and maybe try journalism or editing or singing or something musical or were you always just pretty stuck on design no i wasn't always stuck on design i actually continued to take singing and choir in college i did i did that for two years and um i did ballroom dancing <laughs> that really? was one of the classes i had so i did try a lot of different things i took tennis for like three years two years mm-hmm. um and i got pretty good at tennis yeah i've always had natural athletic ability too didn't you say y- you took like some social work courses as well that's what i was interested in so i was headed down a social work path and i was starting to take some classes was that like your official major at one yeah. point uh-huh. oh, okay it was at, at- in community college? Yes. Nice. And as I took some courses, I realized, and they would heavily emphasize the emotional toll oh. that you have as a social worker and the situations that you'll encounter and face. And that was one of the things that deterred me away from from doing that because... Oh, it kind of scared you away? Yeah, I didn't know if I could emotionally do that. At least I didn't envision myself that I could back then. I mean, I was 18, 19. So it may be different if that's something I was doing right now. Do you wish you would have maybe stuck with that? Or or do you feel happy with your decision to kind of move away from Um, that? I feel like I could have done a lot of good because I have an understanding of, you know, Latin culture, Mexican culture, Spanish language. So I think that's needed in those types of fields. Mm -hmm. Um, where there's people that need help. Yeah. Um, and I think I knew that I could help a lot of good too. So, so you deterred away from social work and you went into design? No, I didn't go to design for a long time. Oh, I, I wanted to explore, um, child development. Oh, um, so early, early development, early childhood development. So I actually started taking classes for that too. Um, and I just didn't like it. <laughs> yeah. I didn't like it. I thought I'd be more interested in it. And I just, I, I yeah. didn't like it. So I just kind of started um, taking general courses, making sure I had all of those general courses done. I actually took the highest level Spanish class. And when you actually do that, um, if you're a native speaker, you can actually get credit for all of the 
classes underneath. Oh, wow. So I got like 20, 25 credits because I passed the highest levels. Is that how you were able to explore a little bit in college, but then still finish your degree in what was it? Two years? Um, yeah, I just got like an associates, a general studies associates. Yeah. Well, no, they called it a associate in science because it had the language part attached to it. Oh, okay. So, but yeah, no, I took English, I took math, took history, I took, you know, the regular just the generals. general courses. Yeah. And then after that, I actually ended up, um, deciding to go on an LDS mission Mm-hmm. Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saint Mission. And by that time you had finished your degree. My associate's. Your associate's degree in? Just general studies. Just general. Didn't have an art emphasis though? I thought that you told me it had art emphasis. Mm-mm. Oh, okay. No. Oh, I thought it did. So it was just generals. Generals, yeah. Okay. So you served a mission? I did. I was gone for 18 months. Um, and on my way out of that, I had to revisit school you know and what I wanted to do and if I really what was I gonna go back to and it was at that moment where I finally realized I love design and I think I could really do it and I want to do it that's really what I want to pursue is there a specific time or or event that made you realize that or what was it that made you realize that you love design so much and wanted to pursue that? Mm, I don't know if it was a specific event. I think it was just a matter of time. Hmm. I just... Um, looking back on high school? Or? Yeah, just looking back on what I was interested in, what I was good at. I tried some of the things that I thought I was interested in and they just didn't, you know, didn't really pan out. And so yeah. I gave myself that real opportunity. I think I was really deterred from art and design because it's so uh it's kind of frowned upon how so well people assume a lot of the time that they're they're jobs that don't really make money oh jobs that you can't really be successful in so i was able to finally put myself in that mindset that yes i'm gonna do this i want to pursue yeah pursue design thought I could really make a career out of it and I think I remember having a conversation with my dad and he was like are you sure you want to do this you're not going to make any money he was really against it your dad Very was against, against it yeah art and design and you going to, into like a creative uh-huh. field which is funny because that's what he studied in college where he was studying oh that so maybe he, he said it out of when like he a was fear. in Mexico so art is art and design I guess is frowned upon as a career, a major, because it's just, it, it's, it's hard. Cause I know what you mean. It's, it's hard to say like, yeah, this is a really safe bet. There's a lot of money in this. There's surety in this. It's, it's a stable career. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe your dad, I guess, realized that maybe when he was in college and studying it in Mexico. I don't know. I think as a father, at least from what I could gather, you just, want your child to have the type of career that can help provide them with the best things and he maybe just didn't know that or didn't understand that yeah art could really do that so you did it anyway yeah i i uh i had to start looking for where to go to college while i was still on my church mission and so that was a little bit challenging because 
as a missionary at that point, you're busy, busy, you're busy, you're teaching people and there's not a lot of time to do school stuff like that. But, um, you get kind of a special permission to do and fill out papers and applications and all of that. So I would do that. And I think I applied to most of the schools in Utah. I did know that I still wanted to stay in Utah. You did, you did know you wanted to? Yeah. Okay. Why? Um, I didn't really have a desire to go and pay an out-of-state tuition. <laughs> I mm. just didn't think it was really worth it. Okay. So. That's I, smart, I think. That's smart. Yeah. And I knew that I wanted to maybe come up up north, up here, instead of going back to that school in in St. George where I lived. And my mom questioned that a lot. She's like, why don't you just go to school here? And part of me didn't want to. I wanted to really be on my own at that point. Yeah. And what I really wanted to go into wasn't available at that school. At the so. community. Well, I guess it was a university by then. No, it was still college. Oh, okay. It was a college then. It wasn't a university like it is now. But yeah, I got into a couple of schools. Um and then it was just deciding which one I really wanted to pursue. Mm-hmm. So I decided and I, I looked into a lot and and prayed <laughs> to to see what I wanted to do. And I went to, ended up going to the University of Utah. So, And that's where you emphasized in graphic design? Yeah, so it's a Bachelor of Fine Arts with a graphic design emphasis. That's it's called the BFA, a Bachelor of Fine Arts. Okay. And they start you off with basic art courses. So the first year of the projected program you have to take art classes. So I took art basic um art history, um, drawing classes, figure drawing classes. I remember watching you go through some of those classes, I'm like, this looks so boring. Some of them, like, I don't know. So much fun. <laughs> I don't know. Some of them looked really boring to me, but others looked really awesome. Yeah, there was a lot of fundamental classes, which looking back in retrospect, I'm really grateful for because it teaches you the fundamentals of art. And I think that's really what distinguishes people who went to school for something like graphic design than someone who just kind of learned it on the spot or right. or learned on it the job experience. on their own. They don't have YouTube, those fundamentals. A YouTube <laughs> A YouTube career. Degree. Yeah. So after that first year you have to apply into the program. They look at a lot of the art stuff that you've done. Mm-hmm. At the fundamental classes. So those fundamental classes are what sets apart for somebody with a uh, with a degree versus somebody that just maybe like you said learned it on the job or on their I own. I think so. Yeah. Okay. okay. So you have to apply for the program and I got in and I was really grateful. I was so nervous. You have to turn in a portfolio and then they do an interview process. Yeah. So I think there's I think they say there's about 200 people that apply to the program and then about 60 get in so a little less than half uh yeah so that's the group that you stay in throughout the whole process nice 
so yeah, I, just, I started, I got into the program and then you just start taking a lot of classes. Yeah. And there's a lot of money <laughs> that goes into buying materials, buying a computer. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's definitely a different type of a degree. There were papers that I had to write and there was a, a lot of kind of art history classes that I did have to take. So I did have to still write papers and all of that. But that was just in the beginning of the program though. In the Towards beginning. Towards the end, I remember you not doing any kind of like, like people were doing finals and stuff and doing math homework and writing papers and essays. And you were just like sitting there coloring. <laughs> like, yeah, this is my homework. Just coloring. Yeah. And drawing. I'm like, that's, that's I mean, pretty cool. Obviously there's more to those projects, but yes, it was a different type of testing setting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool though. Did you have to turn in? I mean, I, so as far as portfolios go, that word has evolved into something that's completely online i feel like nowadays like when people say oh can i see your portfolio my brain immediately goes to my instagram or my website you know as a millennial i guess (laughs) but back then when you had to turn in a portfolio it was like a big i remember you having to lug around this giant bag that had all of your huge 20 by 30 pieces of art and things like that as your like portfolio it was a big physical thing you had to lug around Mm, towards the end for senior year there was a class that was our portfolio class and that is where you design we did design a a paper portfolio but by this point it was an 11 by 17 um mine was like a metal yeah i remember that um, thing that you design the layout of your portfolio but that's like no more right i mean do you have one of those still no, not as a professional, but I think they still do that in school. Yeah. You still have to have some sort of physical portfolio. Right. Mm-hmm. And other programs may be different. Yeah. But now as a professional, I have gone to these portfolio reviews. I've been invited by some of our teachers. And oh, yeah, like as an professors. alumni. Professors. Mm-hmm. That's as pretty an cool. alumni and going over. Does that make you feel super special? Yeah, I think <laughs> I'm going, not this week, next week, one of my professors invited me to go into her class. You walk in there with... Your head held high. Yeah. Kind of a sense of pride. Yeah. I worked really hard. It's awesome. <laughs> it's really awesome. And then you graduated college? They do another, a second review your junior year. Um, so then you, you have to still pass the, uh, a second kind of a review. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people got, well, not a lot of people, but some people got kicked off of the program. <laughs> like midway through the program? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. You have to maintain a certain average, a yeah. certain grade score, and complete a certain amount of projects successfully. I think that's pretty common. I remember having a midway review in uh, like my fire training, mm. my fire academy, the first one. Mm-hmm. Well, the second one. Yeah, yeah. They just like, you know, they or they say you have to get this grade if you don't get this grade for three, like if you fall below this specific grade, like 80% or something for three tests, you're done. Mm-hmm. I remember some people yeah. getting kicked off. Yeah. And it sucked. I felt bad for some of the people. And then there's just people that drop out because they can't keep up or yeah, certain life circumstances, kids, whatever. Right. So by the end, you're graduating with about um, maybe 40 people. Okay. 
So before that, I had to complete an internship. So I did do an internship. I applied to a variety of places. I, I applied to a museum, uh, um, agencies. I applied to an environmental design agency. So I wish you would have done that one. <sighs> We'll never know. I wish you would We'll never that. know. Well, you're the one that wanted to leave, so I couldn't have applied to it. Anyway. Ugh, sorry. So, thanks. So, you did, you did... Okay. So, let's kind of fast forward a little bit. You did your internship. You're graduated now. You did great. And then you... Now, you're in the job field. So, my first job wasn't completely design related which we moved to portland yes we moved to portland i started working for a nonprofit. there was a lot of really good design coming out of portland at the time it seemed yeah like but a really i was i wasn't involved with any of it i know i mean i wish i would have been involved in it and i did attend some design events but it wasn't it wasn't where i was so you got a job um, as an, at a nonprofit. Yeah, I did a lot of marketing. I did a lot of outreach, advertising, and some design. And I was able to use my Spanish for that job. So Perfect. Everything I mean, you wanted. It was a good starting point for a job out of college. Yeah. Um, but definitely not where I wanted to be it long you, term. But it helped you get the job, your next job, which was at Squatty Potty. Yes. That so I I feel like I was particularly I don't know how to explain it, either blessed or I jumped a bunch of levels <laughs> that a lot of people don't get to. Yeah, that's true. So I went from that job at the nonprofit and I had a friend who recommended that I look into this job in St. George, so where I'm from, to potentially move back and look into this company so I reached out and uh, it went really well and so they offered me the position they offered more money than I was making at the current job and And the title was awesome and the title was awesome and then they um, which was creative director mm -hmm. I'm just gonna say it for you it was (laughs) so cool and then they offered to pay for our move yeah so that was amazing. Mm-hmm. Paid for the move, gave you more money, gave you the title of creative director. And yeah. it was beautiful. And, and then we lived happily ever after. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I wish. I mean, it was great, though. Like It was. I'm super grateful for the opportunities that I had in that particular job. I I was really blessed. I was able to start off by myself and then slowly build up a team of I had four design no three or four designers at one point and did you have flashbacks of sophomore year wait why because you're you're the lead now you're you're a lead of a team of designers (laughs) like you were the one um I guess yeah I guess (laughs) yeah yeah and then I was able to I, I was able to travel with that job, go to conferences. That was so cool. I you remember know. you going to New York a couple of times, Chicago. Mm-hmm. So cool. I'm so jealous. Yeah. You got to travel so much with that job. It wasn't that much. How the turntables have... <laughs> Sorry. How the tables have turned. I was just quoting the Is office. That, oh. <laughs> How the tables have turned now, because like, I'm now I'm the one that's traveling more for my well, work. Well, you want to travel you kind of do it more out of your want than necessarily a need oh hush i do need i went to seattle mm. and i because i got that big job Mm -hmm. up there i went i went to oregon i went to iceland was for fun but 
I'm going to LA for work. Which is, no, you created that work. You weren't necessarily. What's the difference? You weren't called by a specific company or specific I reached client. out to a person and oh it, my gosh oh, they just happened to be there this is where he, this is why I am an entrepreneur and you're better oh working my, for somebody oh else my hell. <laughs> be quiet you gotta be cr- why are you treating your guests like this I'm, I'm a guest I'm in sorry. your show I'm very I, I'm about to walk away from the show I'm just saying I'm just stating the difference between so I think that I have an entrepreneurial mind. I don't think it's like a better mind. Or, or are we talking about me? Or are we talking about you? Well, for a second, because it's it, it's my interview. <laughs> yeah, but it's my podcast. <laughs> so I consider myself to be to have an entrepreneurial mind, which sometimes that doesn't look very conventional. Sometimes you have to create your own travel in order to work. But I, I'm just saying that I think you have a very conventional mindset. No, that's not a bad thing. I feel like if I had a very conventional mindset, I wouldn't be where I am today. Okay, that's fair. I just think that you have a conventional mindset in certain aspects of business. Maybe I, business, but not my career. Sure, I, I agree with that. Um, but like, I have a business degree. <laughs> you have an associate <laughs> Yeah, but it's, in, but it's in business. A business would be like an MBA. Okay, well... So that's a bit misleading. It sounds better. <laughs> I don't have an MBA, but I have a, a associate's degree that is, is was in business, and I took a couple entrepreneurship class classes, and uh, so yeah, I feel like my business mindset is a little bit more entrepreneurial than yours. But that's not to say that, that there's anything better or worse about that. Mm-hmm. That's just a difference with you and I. Mm. So okay, let's go back to focusing on you. <laughs> Yeah, now that you took that. Oh, hush. Detour. I don't even know where I was. So you're at Squatty Potty, working there. Yeah, Squatty Potty was challenging, but also very rewarding. I was thrown into a a point in time when they were really growing. They had just been on Shark Tank. Yeah. Um. They were expanding their product lines. They were a bit in the middle of a rebrand that I was able to be a part of. Um, they had just launched one of their their first viral video, and then there was more coming and being planned. So I was a part Big of... Big shoes to fill. Yeah. Do you feel like you grew into lot. them sufficiently, or, or do you feel like it was always kind of... No, I feel like I did. I, I feel like... Like I mentioned before, I'd, leadership isn't scary to me. I know, but this isn't this isn't really about leadership. This is about learning how to fulfill a job and a demand in a position that you have never had before. And like you said, you had jumped mm-hmm. multiple levels in mm-hmm. the in the design world. Those were your words from your nonprofit right. job to this creative director position. And so it's it's not really about leadership, although you were a leader there. But I'm just talking about the demands of, of the design industry. Do you feel like you're able to grow into that and fulfill that the need of that job and the demands of that job pretty well? Yeah, I feel like it was definitely a learning um, process. A learning curve. I, a learning curve. I didn't. You, you don't realize there is a big difference from when you're in school and you're able to, gosh put in weeks of work and consistent 
revisions and projects and, and one project at a time when you're in a in professional settings, you can't really do that. Um, it would be like, for what I'm seeing, for what I from an outsider perspective, mm-hmm. um, to relate it to me, like putting myself in your shoes as a former firefighter, it would be like me going from fire school, like at the academy, and then basic firefighter, like just a level one lowly firefighter, jumping <laughs> up to like a captain or a battalion chief, like just one or two steps below, like the, pretty much the highest level you can be as a creator. Like what's the, what's the number one title you can hold as a, in, in your industry? Creative director? Or, um, or? If you're within a, a company it's uh, and functioning as officers, then it's, it's called the, like a chief, chief creative, chief office. creative officer. C- CCO. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. so it, it would, and that is that, What's right below below that? Just a creative director, I guess, or it depends. Some of those structures are, you know, there's there's a creative directors, there's also art directors, or there's or at that point they start attaching senior, so like oh. senior creative director or oh, okay. senior art director. So yeah, but it's a big like jump. That. It would be from like like what I said, going from level one firefighter to like a captain or a battalion chief. Yeah, just right I mean, off the bat. when we had company meetings, it was the CEO and then director of marketing, mm-hmm. creative director. There's just yeah, so, so much. There's I so was much in to the learn. Meetings. Mm-hmm. There's just so, there would be. I would feel so overwhelmed, intimidated by that. Like I don't know how to do how to, how to fill this role. I don't know exactly what to do, but I feel like you did really well. I f- and that's my honest opinion. I feel like you did mm-hmm. a really, really good job of, of putting on your game face and learning what you needed to learn and mm-hmm. admitting when you didn't know something, but in a professional way and saying you could do it. And you did a really good job. I mean that. Yeah. It was a huge learning experience for me. I feel like I, man, I feel really grateful for that opportunity, even though it was really, really difficult a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Very stressful, very high demand. Um, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I loved it. I, 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 I thrive on stuff like that, though. A challenge? It's a challenge, and I'm always willing to do that. And even now in the current job where I am, um, a lot of the times it's very overwhelming, very stressful, and, you know, we work closely together as professionals in my current job and sometimes I, I work with my uh marketing director a lot and we're always like oh so stressed out um but at the same time I'm always calm because I know we'll get through it and we're gonna you do rock really it. well in, I don't in the face of a challenge it's pretty cool I don't get as anxious as, as some people do I, I definitely think a lot of other people don't handle stress mm-hmm. as well as i can so you worked at squatty potty for about two years um yeah i think it was like two and a half years something and then like you got this other job offer with pmd beauty mm-hmm. yes um yeah up in salt lake so we so we moved from saint george to salt lake area mm-hmm. yeah yeah, and this was um, a creative lead position, which is is similar to a creative director. Um, obviously, it's a smaller it, company though. It's a smaller company, yeah, a smaller company, um, but they have a bigger 
international presence than where I was at Squatty Potty. So that was really attractive to me. Um, And I've been able to do a lot of big projects with with PMD Beauty where I am now. So it's pretty cool. Uh, Something that I noticed about you uh, comparing Squatty Potty to PMD Mm. is that you were more with PM with Squatty Potty. The position you held and and having a because it was a bigger company, there were so many designers under you. Mm-hmm. You were dealing more with like administrative work, yeah, and uh, getting your designs and your products into stores and things. I, and I feel like as as you've kind of moved into PMD, you've gotten more into the design. You've gotten to do a lot of package design, a lot of photography work. Mm-hmm. And so you're doing more of the like design work, which I think that you really missed when you were a squatty potty. It's true. I did. That was one of the um, big reasons why I decided to leave squatty potty and kind of go somewhere else. You missed um, the design. Yeah. I'm, I, that's essentially why I wanted to be a designer because I wanted to be creative. I wanted to be hands on. I still, I still aspire to, to a CCO position. Um, so that's your ambition? Yeah. Let's talk about that. That's let's, my ultimate goal so let's someday. Tell me like your ambition now. Like what's going on now? You've been with PMD for I guess almost two years now. It'll be two years in September. Yeah. So what's your what happens next? Are you gonna go get a master's? Are you I've gonna... contemplated a master's. I've contemplated doing my MBA because I've noticed that it's it is beneficial in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. I think it would really help you. Sometimes I get crazy ideas that I don't really ever tell you, but <laughs> I'm like, I should just quit and be a nurse. <laughs> that would be out of left field. I've I've thought about that for a long time. Well, don't quit and be a nurse. Go to school, <laughs> get your degree, and then why quit. not? You're not going to support me. <laughs> I can't right now. I'm not making <laughs> enough money. Great. Great. Well, I mean, I could, just not with the current lifestyle we have. <laughs> Great. Uh. Um, I've also contemplated law school just because I, I always feel a pullback with, I'm not us- utilizing my language skills or I'm not, there's a big part of me that's very charitable and very service minded. Yeah. And that isn't necessarily something you fulfill in a creative field unless maybe mm. you're working for a nonprofit yeah or some sort of a company that emphasizes on that um you could start your own go get you here here i'll uh, tell you i'll tell no, you no this is my interview Whoa. i know but this is one, this is my idea okay, for you i'm gonna turn off my mic hold on no don't it because it makes a poppy sound mm. so here's what you need to do go get your yeah. mba oh gosh <laughs> This is just my idea. This is my ambitious idea for you. Great. Go get your MBA and then start building up a clientele and then figure out a way to use your Spanish and help people in some kind of a design way, you know, (laughs) that that's, I mean, you can use your design in order to make the world a better place. I'm sure you just have to get an MBA, build that, like exercise those entrepreneurial mind muscles and then figure out a way to start your own. At least that's... Okay. Well, you're just over there shaking your heads. So. Mm, I'm not interested <laughs> in any of that. Okay. Thanks, though. So tell me... So what is your ambition then? You, you As far as design, I mean, I, I know you probably have tons more. 
of other ambitions with yeah lawyer being a nurse all those things but what about design where where do you see yourself in five to ten years with design i have no idea i don't know i don't know I, i'd like to keep going back uh, i'd like to explore more of um, ux ui What's design What's so that? user experience user interaction oh okay um so app building web building just anything that really has to do with um mobile mm. cool. um that's something that i haven't touched as much as i think other people that graduated with me have so my my particular course in my career has taken me more to product development product uh packaging design web design you don't web, web design um print which I still love print, even though people say print is dead. I don't believe it. Um, there's something about holding something in your hand and seeing it and feeling it and touching it. But Another quote from The Office. Limitless paper in a paperless world. <laughs> and then Pam's little illustration. Yeah, her little animation. So um, I do feel a little left out in that. I feel other people have had bigger opportunities in those fields you need to do more stuff on on social media and get plugged into the design community here so you can go and meet up with different i have i follow a lot of lettering clubs yeah just like print press practice your environmental design grow your portfolio get more into app development and design. yeah but it's hard when you're a salaried employee and your sole focus has is day in and day out on product launches and product development and design and press checks and packaging. So yeah. at the end of the day, it's hard to say, okay, now I'm going to work on my own projects right. when I've been working on projects all day. Kind so of a break from design. Yeah. Even though it's something that I love. It's hard. Damaris. It's really hard to people. That's why people get stuck in what they, in, in their job because they get comfortable they, Are you telling me that I'm getting comfortable? Absolutely, yeah. You're getting for sure comfortable. I think that... That's no way. What, I don't feel like that at all. Well, I mean, I'm, I know you're pushing yourself professionally, but I think you need to push yourself personally in your professional... Personally in your... What? Like, that didn't... That doesn't make any sense. I mean, like, I think I think that you need to push your personal ambitions as far as your career and your design go working on your environmental design your your personal portfolio if that makes sense all the work that i'm doing now is a part of my personal portfolio i don't have to have a separate set of designs to to use them for my personal portfolio yeah and I don't think I it's also it's not also not beneficial to keep moving jobs every two years. Every oh, I'm year not and suggesting half, that you, you, know that you mean? quit a job, quit your job, and move on. I'm just saying, if you want to go to that next level, um, it's going to take early mornings or late nights or weekends where you work on a portfolio or you. Well, I hope I'd have a spouse who would be understanding that I would need to do that and give me the time to do that. I know. And I know that I have been asking you to spend more time with me. mm -hmm. It's just a balance, you know? It's all about (laughs) balance. And I'm not saying you're doing a good or a bad job. I'm just saying that's just sometimes what needs to happen. Just stating facts. I'm not saying 
you're doing anything wrong by any means. Mm. But I do think that there is a time for you where you do need to focus on your personal projects. Um, and that doesn't mean quitting your job. That just means on your spare time or figure out a way to implement that at work. You know what I mean? In some way. Well, I'm also, I'm always going to be working or trying to create things that are good. You know what I mean? Even if it's creating something that is not for me for another company, or even if I do something freelance, um, <clears throat> I'm always going to try to do something that's, that's good. That's part of my job. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's fantastic, Dan. Do you have any other ambitions you'd like to touch on before mm. we wrap it up? I'm exhausted talking about my ambitions. Yeah. <laughs> well, where's your drive now? What's your, what's the source? Where's your fuel coming from? Um, I have really started becoming interested in product development since I've been more involved with it at work. Um, we have different committees that do different things and I'm a part of the product development committee. So this has to do with the actual structural engineer design of a project of a, of a device or, so I've been more involved with that and that's actually been really, really cool to see. And what's that driving you to do? Just to, I don't know, gain more experience and learn how things work or really understand what a customer would want and why they want it. Mm. Um, Psychology. Yeah. And I think another one of my ambitions are things that I enjoy. And I can't remember where I heard it. But part of design is not only designing something, but also trying to help design people's careers and people's futures. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, especially at Squatty Potty when I was there, I was able to really do that. I hired some good designers, and they've been able to... Create a career out of that. Create careers out of where they've started. So I bet that's really fulfilling for yeah, you. Yeah, it is. And right now, I'm actually... We're going to interview an intern next week to start at PMD. So Ew. Gonna hey, keep there you doing go. doing that too, yeah. Maybe you can hire somebody who speaks Spanish. Then That way, you're helping people and using your Spanish. <laughs> Boom. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Cool, Dan. Well, thanks so much for opening up and telling me some about your personal life and about your professional life. It's pretty cool. I learn a lot about you every time we talk. Do you? Yeah. Okay. I think I kind of, I didn't know that you really explored much outside of design actually. I, Cause I yeah, always imagined you having a really linear path. It wasn't very linear. I even thought about doing law school back when I was at the community college I wanted to be an immigration lawyer. It's just, it's, that's always been my uh, perception of you, that it's just always been very linear. Like, oh, she decided she wanted to do design in high school. Uh, apparently, in middle school, she was doing it, and then she just did it. She went all the way through high school, college, her did her undergrad, and now she's doing design. She's been doing it for six, seven, eight years now, you know, in the professional world. It's like, geez. But for me, it's so different. It's like... When I was a kid, I'm like, yeah, I think I want to be an optometrist. Like, I remember that was the first thing I wanted to do, be an eye doctor. I can still see you doing that. I can't. Was that an eye joke? You can still see me. (laughs) (laughs) 
Mm, it was both a joke and oh, man. a true comment. I have a lot of fun with that as an eye doctor. Uh, but then I was like, maybe I want to do psychology because I took a psychology class in college and I was like, maybe this would be fun because brains, you know, and behavior. Didn't like it. And then I went on a mission too and I came back and I was like, I want to be a firefighter. But then I was like, maybe I actually want to go into business. Actually, no, wait, psychology again. No, wait, elementary education. No, wait, yeah, yes, fire. I want to do fire. And I'm like, no, wait, photography. And I'm like actually just dipping my foot in so many different puddles. But now I, now that I'm, I'll be 30 years old in a couple of days. Next I finally week. feel, well, it's been about two years, but I finally feel like I am, I'm solid in what I've, what I've chosen, what I've landed on, because I feel like it's, I don't, I don't want to say like my calling, but sometimes, some days it does feel that way. Like it feels that heavy. It's just something I'm, I'm finally passionate about. I remember people when I was in high school and early twenties, friends and stuff asking me, what are some of my passions? I'm like, I don't know, dude, I have none. I like to snowboard. Does that count? <laughs> But yeah, it just wasn't, I had no passions really, except for just my family. But it's, it's just nice to have like a passion for myself, something that I love to do and to have an ambition, but also that drive, you know, it's, it's driving me to keep going out and taking pictures and create content and put myself out there and be vulnerable, be authentic. Your two favorite words. (laughs) Oh, hush. Well, thanks again, Dan. I appreciate your time. Is there anything else that you want to plug? You want to plug anything? This is your chance. This is your platform to plug your work, <laughs> plug your pages. Follow PMD Beauty on Instagram. You'll see a lot of my good work there. We just launched an awesome skincare line. What does PMD stand for? It's just PMD. Yeah, it doesn't stand for anything? I guess not. Pretty much damsel's beauty (laughs) but um no that's where i am now who knows where i'll be five years from now do you want people to follow your personal account then in case you're not there in five years yeah yeah i do have a private account so if you're following from the podcast make sure to let me know what's your what's the handle just dy cluff d-y-c-l-u-f-f that's right cool anything else you want to plug our interracial marriage podcast? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of the podcast. It's been so great to talk to Damaris and learn all about her ambitions and, and her life. All right. Thanks, Dam. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of Ambitious. Before you go, I just wanted to say, if you enjoy this podcast thoroughly or even just a tiny bit, please consider giving your support with a monthly donation as low as $1. If you go to anchor.fm slash ambitious with two M's slash support, you can become a supporter of this podcast. Support from you helps me to interview more people from different places and keep providing you with content that's delicious for your ears. You can give a dollar a month, $5, $10, whatever you choose. And if you do, I, from the bottom of my heart, would feel so incredibly grateful you can also follow me on instagram at ammon clough or on twitter to stay 
up to date with all the new and exciting, ambitious projects I have going on. My website is ammonclough.com. You can go there to see my pricing, some more of my professional work. I do weddings. I do couples photos. I do single person photos. I do corporate video work, landing videos for small companies. I do a lot. So go check that out. If you need something, let me know. Be sure to check the show notes for this podcast to see any additional information for this episode. Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. It was so great to be in your ear holes. I love you, and I'll talk to you again soon. <laughs>